No my Heidi Mike, welcome to the panel on RNZ National Wallace Chapman with you this afternoon. Well at four we crossed to a post cab media stand up with Prime Minister Chris Hipkins. Stay tuned for the latest there. And after four, we go to Wairoa, where residents are still coming to terms with the destruction there. Now, Tamsin Cooper's house, uh, Tamsin joins us, her house was fine, but one of the most frightening experiences she found was not being connected to the outside and not even knowing about the events unfolding on the other side of the town. We discussed that uh, after four on the panel. Tefata Auto Health NZ is warning residents of recovering communities to steer clear of floodwaters. That on the panel, and also uh, a resurgence in some areas of COVID 19. And Cyclone Gabrielle's scepticism is a sting in COVID's tail. When people thought nothing to see here, including at a major national broadcaster, we talk about that on the panel uh, after half past four. How to build back better, that's on the menu for today. And in times like these, we look for ports in the storm. And that port today was the fact that Tairawhiti Museum is back open today. And the curator of the museum joins us this afternoon. With us is Palmjeet Pamar, businesswoman, former member of parliament and former families commissioner. Palmjeet, welcome to the panel. Great to be on. And I think it was uh, actually the day after that massive inundation, uh, you joined us as well. That's right. So, yes, not so long ago, but good to have you back. Also with us is Raven Can, author, commentator, comedian, Raven Kia ora. Hi, Wallace. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Raven. Now you can text us, 2101. You can email us, the panel at rnz.co.nz. And as always, uh, love your feedback uh, and uh, tell me what you're seeing, doing, experiencing anywhere around Aotearoa. Very nice to be with you today. And recovery continues as the extraordinary damage wrought by Cyclone Gabrielle becomes increasingly clear and volunteers are stepping up to help where they can. And that includes Sophie Duggan, who's been helping cleaning out a home in a particularly badly hit area in Hawke's Bay. Kia ora, Sophie. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for being here this afternoon. Tell us about the cleaning efforts where you are and what you're doing. Uh, so I have friends over on Kotakipo Road, um, which for those who are in the Hawke's Bay will understand that's the road that runs between Taradale and Fernhill, um, completely inundated with silt water as far as the eye can see and up to the roof. And so I spent my weekend over with them um, clearing out their entire house, um, their garage and just salvaging what was possible. Um, it was heartbreaking, but it was also joyous at the same time to see the community come together and help. Yeah, and the home you were cleaning out, I mean, the family there, they had a particularly harrowing time trying to get out, you know, trapped on water coming in from all sides. Can I ask you, Sophie, how are they? Are they, they okay? They're okay. They've got three small um, children, so they've rallied together to really keep the kids' um, spirits up. Um, they're a strong family. Um, they're doing okay, but it's going to take a while to work through that with them. 
Yeah, well, Sophie, we've got our panellists with us. They might have a question or a thought, Palmjeet. Yeah, just curious to know, how would you rate um, local response uh, comparing volunteers versus local government versus central government? I would rate our local government um, fantastically. Both mayors, both Kristen uh, Wise over in Napier and Sandra Hazelhurst in the Hastings district, both on the ground, both out there, both pounding the pavement to get the information out. Uh, central government was less responsive in the start. It's been hard to mobilise those services and really understand, and I think it's time that we really look at investment into our region and get the support from central government to mobilise the support we really need. Oh, that's interesting, mm-hmm. Sophie. That might be a conversation that we're going to be have to having fairly soon. Huh? Uh, Raven? Oh, I just, you know, I just um, want to wish you well. I, I don't think there's a lot of insight I could I could provide on the, the situation uh, that you, your region is in. Thank you for that. It's it's going to take us a while, but we're a resilient community, and it's just heartwarming to see the community come together. Yeah, and just cleaning up this house. In fact, this is the house that made the front page of the Herald for a particular reason, wasn't it? Uh, yes, so uh, in among the clean-up efforts, we could hear a sound coming from a bedroom, um, and upon opening the door, we found who has now been dubbed Lucky, um, a little pig <laughs> covered in mud on the mattress, um, happiest little thing you could ever find. That's so cute, isn't it? <laughs> really yeah, cute. It, was, it, it gave us a bit of um, a light-hearted moment in a month devastation. Yeah. That was and where is Lucky now? Uh, Lucky is still at the house. Um, so Lucky is part of the family um, yeah. now and between um, the fruit that has been washed up and other local um, community members coming together, Lucky is being very well cared for. Oh, very good. Um, you, you also said, Sophie, I'm talking to Sophie Duggan, who's been help, um cleaning out a home, particularly badly hit home in a very badly hit area in Hawke's Bay. You just said it was really humbling to find a little bit of joy finding these salvageable heirlooms, Sophie. Yeah, I guess it's so much heartbreak and so much devastation and what's gone through, but the real joy is, is seeing those highlights and as you're going through things, finding those special memories, understanding um, what that means and still understanding that there is hope and joy amongst what is a really hard time for us all. Yeah. How, um, I mean, what is hard for us on the outside here to really, I guess, get a handle on, Sophie, unlike the people like you who are there, is the incredible scale of this cleanup has the actual scale of it really sheeted home to you and people there you know made an impression on you uh i i would say it's not quite hit home fully for me mm, uh, living yeah. in Havelock north i've only seen the images online and a few houses i've been able to get to um but the scale and the impact it's people's houses it's people's livelihoods, it's uh, community resources, it's national resources. Um, I think it's going to take a while for that truth yeah. to hit home. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Sophie, this particular house, Silt, 
silt right throughout the house and that silt dries out, I guess, and uh, it becomes a little bit harder to move. And uh, is there a time frame of getting the house um, sort of livable or will it, will it take a while? It's going to take a while. Um, no real time frame on that, unfortunately. So we just hope that it yeah. doesn't drag on too much longer. Really nice, Sophie. Thanks for being with us. And uh, again, um, well done on your efforts and uh, kia ora to you and uh, your friends and your family and community. Thanks, Wallace, and thanks for having us on. It's a pleasure. It's one of those things, isn't it, uh, Raven, that uh, it, um, it, it's just that, that the goodness of those, you know, uh, in the community that will pitch in, volunteer and do what they can to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people really rise to the occasion and some communities do too, you know. Um, so it's, I mean, what can you really say? You just yeah. got to... I mean, I, I guess if they're in that situation, they sort of just have to get on with it and kind of ignore how bad it is in a way, like not get emotionally, mm. try not mm. to get down. But I mean, th- that's, that's you know, so hard. Mm. It's hard. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the how you feel your local response has been, um, it'd be interesting to hear from you. Some have been saying it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. There is one here that at Murawai, I think Auckland Council could have done better. Uh, in my opinion, civil defence has been invisible. Police have been great, the army too. I definitely think the army should have been in charge of emergency response. Another comment here. I loved the comment about being joyous at the same time. I've been cleaning out houses in Havelock and Hastings, and that's how it feels. Owners are in so much shock and seem reluctant at first, but by the end, you can see the difference you've made. So thank you to all the good people. It's a worthy comment, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, uh, and it's uh, five away from four. That uh, post cab media stand up at four o'clock. And it's the moment where we go round the panel and uh, check in to see what they've been thinking about. Uh, Parmajit Pamar, I've been thinking. Yeah, since I saw um, last night that more than 3,000 people are still missing. I thought that's quite concerning because we have a state of national emergency. And when you have state of national emergency, you would imagine that all resources are being channeled to ensure people's welfare. And to have these many, like 3,000 plus people still missing, it's quite concerning. Some of them could be in dire situation without drinking water or food. And it's already quite late. And we are talking about day five slash day six here. And it might get too late for um, some. So I hope that the help and they are First of all, they are uh, somehow connected to where they should be. And then whatever help they need, that help is provided because the death toll is already 11. So we want to make sure that they get help as soon as possible. Okay, so part of that could be, yes, we don't want to go into speculation, of course, do we, about uh, any sort of death toll here. Um, uh, Another issue, I guess, could be connectivity and making sure that all those small towns, uh, small areas rather, are fully connected so we do know... The extent that's of absolutely this. right. Yeah. And and that's where I said um, that with state of national emergency, you would imagine that we would have resources to reach out to these people by land or by air somehow to track down these 3,000 plus people. Okay. All right. Thank you, Palmjeet. Uh, Raven Can. I've been thinking. <laughs> yeah. So this is a bit of a change in uh, tone. So I, I realize that coming up in, on the panel, one of the topics is going to be the 
um, that the the censorship of Roald Dahl's um, books from from the publisher that uh, when when they put out their new editions with changes to his his words and even additions to, to so putting in sentences he never wrote and it just reminded me of um, similar things that have happened to uh, another much loved uh, children's author Enid Blyton and Enid Blyton is. Um, She's even older. She's a good generation older than Roald Dahl. She was born in 1897, so when, you know, Queen Victoria was still running things. Um, and so her worldview was obviously, you know, of, of a certain kind. And and we, we think of her as the woman who, you know, gave us Noddy, the famous five, the secret seven, uh, at some point wrote 50 books a year on a manual typewriter. Um, but this is, I, and this is not so much an I've been thinking, but this is a did you realize? Uh, so I, I went down a Wikipedia hole. And so this has got to be a fact because I read it on Wikipedia. And, I, and I'm now reading to you from Wikipedia, and you're going to learn something about Enid Blyton that you did not know. I'm pretty sure you did not know. Quote, her yeah. love of tennis included playing naked. With nude tennis, a common practice in those days among the more louche members of the middle classes. End quote. I did not and know I that. did Can't not realize that. <laughs> no, I did not know that. No, um, I think you all needed yeah. to know. It was a matter of, of importance. That's um, that, 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 that's, uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but that is still a subculture, <laughs> isn't it? Nude tennis. I, is still a, yeah, I, I've it's nude. It's 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 new to me. Nude tennis. I don't. I can't see the appeal. I can't see how it improves your tennis. The one I thing I can't see it, it seems one, to add hazards to it. <laughs> the one thing that we never knew. About Enid Blyton. Raven Cam, thank you for that. All right, Palmjid <laughs> Pamar and Raven Cam with me this afternoon. Uh, stand by for the post cab media stand up.